up our voices as we sing when the saints go marching in. I'm a pilgrim and a stranger.
song, isn't it? Let's go ahead and open up with prayer. Lord, we come before you and we thank you. We thank you for our church family. We thank you for this opportunity to come and worship you with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you that we can lift up our voices in song without fear of persecution. And I pray that you would help us to value and treasure those privileges. Lord, tonight we just desire to draw nearer to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated.
Kings chapter 18. I'm going to read the verses 1 down through 8. My, my focus tonight is going to be verses 5 and 6. Title of the message this evening is Overcoming the Odds. And that's uh, kind of what has to do with the little video clip. So we'll see if they have it ready to go after I read to you the eight verses of Second uh, Kings chapter 18. Now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, son of Elah, king of Israel, 
that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. Twenty and five years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David his father did. He removed the high places and break the images and cut down the groves and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it, and he called it Nehishtan. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. For he clave to the Lord, and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments which the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him, and he prospered, whithersoever he went forth, and he rebelled not against he and he rebelled against the king of Assyria, and served him not. He smote the Philistines even unto Gaza, and the borders thereof from the tower of the watchmen to the fenced city. And so I have this little video that I want to play for you. And again, the title of the message this evening is Against All Odds. And that's because when you look at Hezekiah's life, it's against all odds that he would come to be the great man of God that, he, that this text tells us he was. But I want you to watch this little video with me. I never chose to become a Buddhist monk. My parents chose it for me. They sent me far away to a monastery. And my father left me there. For the next nine years, I was trained to be a monk. Eight hours a day, seven days a week. All I did was memorize and recite. Memorize and recite. The words of the Buddhist text spoke of peace and tranquility. But my teachers lived something very different. I was 13 when I finally ran away from the monastery. You left the monastery, what? Shit! My father said I had shamed the family because I didn't finish my training. 
he enrolled me in first grade. He would begin my education all over again. Okay, so today we have a new student joining us. So everyone say hello to Sejun. Yo? Yo? And you look here. One of my teachers talked to me with respect, showed me a kindness I never experienced in monastery. You can read this for me. Uh, the first John. Okay, great. God showed how much he loved us by sending his his one one day and only. What is this? Huh? You're not supposed to read these types of books in the house. Is the light I want. show you that video because when you see that little boy's life it's against all odds that he would become a Christian he lives in a country with a very 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 tiny percentage of Christians his parents had determined from the time he was only four years old they sent him off imagine sending your four-year-old off and deciding what their career and what their future would be. And that's what they did, four years old. Beaten, abused throughout those years. And then at 13 years old, he runs away to go home. Only to again find 
beatings and abuse. And he won, when he runs away, who would ever think in a, in a country with so few Christians that God would scoop him up and bring him to that place of salvation where he would come to know the Lord? This is not a made-up story. This is a true story. This was sent to us by an organization that asks our prayers. And we pray for abused and persecuted Christians around the world. Every year we, we have a separate Sunday just for that. But the reason I wanted to show that to you was because when we come to this text tonight, we are introduced to King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah's father was Ahaz, a wicked, wicked king. His grandfather was Jotham also a wicked, ungodly king. They had led their nation to forsake the true and living God. They had built groves and all kinds of false worship places all through the land and had turned the hearts of the people away from God. It's against all odds that Hezekiah would come to know the Lord and to truly dedicate himself. Now, when we read down through the text there, I think there's a hint here. Because when you come to verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. Right here, there's no hint of any righteousness. Israel had all, already, the northern region, had already come under great retribution from God because they had forsaken walking with the Lord. Ahaz, king of Judah, wicked king. But when we come down at verse 2, it says, at 25 years old, he began to reign. And he reigned 20 and 9 years in Jerusalem. His mother name also was Abai, the daughter of Zechariah. And I think that's the hint. That's the hint to where the influence of true righteousness came from. Came from his mom, Abai, and her connection through her father. And when we look at this text, we see somebody who'd grown up in an environment that truly was everything against God, but all of a sudden you see him come to maturity and a place of influence and leadership, and he is going to live for the Lord. We look in verse 5 and we learn the things that really made him overcome the odds. Look with me at verse 5 again. It says, he trusted in the Lord God of Israel. And that's the very beginning right there. It has to begin with an individual, doesn't it? It begins with our hearts, with our relationship. When we say to ourselves, yes, this is the light for me. Just like that little boy said. He'd sat, he'd heard, he'd read, and he understood. And he said, this is the light for me. And for Hezekiah, he had come to that place where he trusted in the Lord. Even like the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. It says, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. You find the Apostle Paul say, I know whom I have believed. And you and I, as we come here tonight, my hope and prayer is that every single one of us in this room knows whom we have believed. We've not put our faith in somebody we don't know. We haven't put our faith in some 
myth or some philosophy. We put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who we can look at biblically, historically, and we can see that truly he is the son of God who came to die for your sins and my sins. Yes, even Jesus taught that we have to go ahead and have that personal faith. Just like Hezekiah, he trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. Just like the apostle Paul, who yes, he was persuaded he was persuaded to put his faith in God. Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 6. Turn with me there if you would. We're going to look at a number of verses as we go down. Because it's so intricately important that every single one of us understand our faith and who it is that we have looked to. Just as the little boy in the video, he understood that he had found the light. The light that he desired to put his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look with me at Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to read to you verses 24 on down to the end of the chapter. About 10 verses, but I want you to really listen to this message that Jesus Christ gives. He says, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, neither gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought uh, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take uh, take. Take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Christ here as he teaches, as he preaches, he teaches them that money is not the one that they need to put their trust and faith in. He teaches them that God takes care of us if we will just look to him and trust in him. If he can take care of the sparrows of the air, he certainly can take care of us. He teaches us in this text that you and I, our worry changes nothing. All that worry, all that, that wrought up, all that, that anguish, all the antacids doesn't change your future one bit. He tells us, let tomorrow take care of itself. But you and I need to do even as Hezekiah did. We need to trust in the Lord. Even as Paul did. 
We need to know and understand that we need to put our faith wholly and solely in the Lord. So Hezekiah, against all odds, a wicked father, a wicked grandfather, a country that has really gone to pot, a country on the verge, not much past Hezekiah's life, will Judah also encounter God's wrath. The Assyrians have already come down and they have gone ahead and taken Israel. The Assyrians have already begun to get tribute money from Judah, but it's not yet over because Hezekiah is going to become a real strong man of God. And if you read the chapters past this chapter, chapter 18, you see that Hezekiah rises up against Assyria and them making him pay taxes and tribute money to them. And it is only by the grace of God that Hezekiah will slow down the vengeance of God because he's going to turn the hearts of the people. Against all odds, Hezekiah will be just as verse 5 describes. Listen to what it says about him. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. That's an interesting statement for the Bible to tell. Because when you go before Hezekiah, you have to go all the way back, even through David. And yet it says there was, there was none, there were none like Hezekiah. Against all odds, he became the man that he would be for the Lord. And it started because he put his, his faith and trust in the Lord God of Israel. Look back again with me in our text, 2 Kings chapter 18, and I want you to look with me, if you would, down to verse 6. It says, For he clave to the Lord and departed, departed not from following him. That word clave, he clave unto God. It comes from the Hebrew word debak, and it means to cling or adhere to. The other day, John and I were talking about the little snack trailer back here that we do for youth camp. And we get water every year down through the little hatchway that opens up on the side. And we're talking about different ways to solve that problem. And I told him, I said, well, you know what? I'll tell you, I have in my garage at home, Gorilla Tape. I told him, I said, it's not like, it's not like duct tape. I mean, that Gorilla Tape, is, it's like a gorilla grabbing onto whatever it is. I walked by the other day and I see that you take something on there. Is it Gorilla Tape? It's Gorilla Tape. Because that Gorilla Tape cleaves to whatever it's attached to. And so he put that on there so water can't come down in through and leak down into the little trailer there. So we find that in verse 6, it tells us that Hezekiah cleaved to the Lord. He made the Lord a part of him in a genuine and real way. We must desire the same kind of fellowship in each of our lives. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 
Hezekiah had to rise up. He put his personal faith in the Lord and he clave unto the Lord. Like a husband and wife cleave to each other. So we find that he cleaves unto the Lord. He's going to be faithful, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. All through Hezekiah's life. He is serious about his walk with God. And because of it, the Bible tells us there was never a king like him after, nor ever a king before him. Against all odds. You might say to me, well, boy, you know, I had such and such a childhood or such and such an influence or I had such and such a wicked life or all the excuses can be made. But I'm telling you, when God gets a hold of you and you get a hold of God and you cleave unto the Lord whom you put your faith and trust in, listen, God can change your life and you can change lives of people around you just like Hezekiah. Mark chapter 12, verse 30 says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment, Jesus says. So when we look at that, we really see a picture of a guy like Hezekiah. As Jesus tells us what the greatest commandments are, the first commandment that we love the Lord our God with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength, that really describes well Hezekiah. I have a little acronym that I write down, and it's CADI. When I was a little kid, uh, my buddies and I, we decided one day we were going to walk from my house in Rutland, Massachusetts, to hold in the next town over and go and caddy at the golf course. None of us knew anything about caddying or golf. We'd never even known anybody who golfed, but we'd heard all you had to do was carry a bag and they paid you money. So as little kids, we thought, how can you beat that? Man, I can carry a bag and I can take money. So we went to the golf course and there we found out that, well, you have to go sign up and we went and signed up and then they said, go wait down in that little caddy shack. And we went and we waited down there all day. Nobody picked us to caddy. Aww. Well, we didn't know anything about caddying. <laughs> didn't know anything about golfing. But we thought we did. But I have a little acronym for the word caddy to go ahead and put upon yourself. And that is every one of us needs to go ahead and be a caddy. C-A-D-Y, commune with God, actively serve God, daily have devotions, and yield, yield, yield. Commune with God, actively serve God, daily devotions, and yield, yield, yield. Be a caddy. Learn to be a caddy. Learn how to take upon yourself and Carry that which God has for you in your life. Learn what it is and how to do it. Be that caddy. That's what Hezekiah did. He decided he was going to commune with God. He was going to actively serve God. He was going to do his daily ritual of worshiping and knowing the Lord. And he yielded. He yielded and yielded and yielded throughout his life. Until God took him home. He departed not. 
when you look look back with me at second kings chapter 18 verse 6 i want you to notice it says and he clave to the lord and departed not from following him you and i we need that same kind of sweet fellowship in our lives where you depart not where you walk with him and you consistently have a relationship with him you know the bible calls us the bride of christ the bride of christ that's what we are as the church but don't you expect the bride to be faithful don't you if you heard that a bride was not faithful, you'd be like, wow, she's still a bride. What in the world? That's not right. We expect faithfulness in a bride, don't we? Well, the Lord expects faithfulness in us. We are his bride. And you and I, we need to always consistently walk with him and forsake him not. Go back with me to verse six again, because I want you to see the last thing. That made Hezekiah beat all the odds. He put his faith absolutely in the Lord. But as you progress down through here, you see that it, it changed him. It made him who he was. He claved to the Lord. He departed not from following him. And what did he do? He kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses. Now, just a minute ago, I quoted to you where the Lord Jesus Christ said, that the first and the greatest of all the commandments is to love the Lord with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. And he quotes that right out of the Old Testament. That's not just a New Testament principle. You and I, we need to practice our faith. John chapter 14, verse 15 says, Jesus said this, he said, If ye love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's a powerful statement. Even as our Heavenly Father looks down at us, if you love me, keep my commandments. You know, as a parent, when you look at your kids, you know, you're not expecting them to go and, and make a living and contribute to the household. I, I'm not wanting my four-year-old to go to work like this guy sent his four-year-old off to be a, a, a shaman or a priest or a Buddhist priest. I'm not looking for that from my four-year-old, but I am looking for my four-year-old to obey mom and dad. And that's a project all through their life, isn't it? It's not always easy. Jenny was helping in the office here and Forrest would come in and Jenny's pretty diligent about getting him to obey because she knows if I don't teach him to obey at two, how old is he? Uh, 21 months. Not quite two. If you don't get them to start obeying at about two or one, then what happens when they're 12 or 18? And God looks down at us and he says, listen, if you love me, keep my commandments. John 15 verses 10 and 11, it says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Isn't that wonderful that the Lord teaches us? He says, listen, if you'll learn to walk with me and obey me, 
My love is with you and your love is with me. Even as his love is with the Father and the Father's love is with him. But he ends that by saying, and by the way, the joy. The joy that you seek in life, you'll find by walking with the Lord. And obeying his commandments. By bringing those things into your life. Because certainly we've lived long enough to see the sorrow of rebellion and heartache that comes when we live a wicked and unrighteous life. Hezekiah had seen his father, his grandfather. He'd saw, he had seen the misery that had come to the northern kingdom in Israel. He wanted to bring the people of Judah, the people of Jerusalem, back to know the Lord. I want you to look with me at 1 John chapter 2. Because sometimes if we're not careful, we think that some of these great patriarchs and matriarchs of the Old Testament, we think to ourselves, wow, they are just so amazing. I could never be like that. But that's not true. The Bible teaches us that we can be every bit the man or woman of God that we find throughout the scriptures. That's why he's giving us the example. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 down through 6. Listen to what he says to each and every one of us. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 down through 6. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby, we do know that we know him if we keep, our, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. See, this scripture just simply challenges us to walk as Jesus walked. But he starts out with a very interesting approach when he starts in verse, uh, verse 1. He says, My little children, these things write unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Because he knows that we, we battle and we struggle the carnal man. Now, if we're born again, we have within us the heart and the desire to live for the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul, strength. We want to love him and live for him. But even as the Apostle Paul talks about, there's a war that wages against us. And Hezekiah had to face that same war where the carnal man desires to pull you away from God. And he says here, if you do sin, we have an advocate. And that is our Lord Jesus Christ, the righteous. In fact, in the, if you look in chapter 1, verse 9, I often quote this verse because every Christian should have this hidden in our, their heart. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hezekiah had learned, yes, his father was wicked. Yes, his grandfather was wicked. But he could choose to know and love God. 
Now, did, was he a perfect man? I doubt it. He was a human. But he learned to get back up and to walk with God. He learned to reach out to his advocate and have God reach down into his heart and into his soul. He had cleaved to God in genuine, real faith. As I look out into your faces and into our congregation on this Sunday evening, we are gathered here because we are people who have cleaved to God. He's important to us. We have a relationship with him. We've put our faith and trust in him, just as Hezekiah. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 says, I know whom I have believed. And we talked about that at the beginning of the message. That's the Apostle Paul, just like Hezekiah, just like Christ had taught us. We have to come to the Lord whom we have believed in. But listen to the second half of the verse. He says, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That is integral to us having a victorious Christian walk. We have to understand that it is God who does it through us. We put our faith and trust in him. I am persuaded that he is able to keep that soul that I have entrusted to him against that day. He is the one who my soul sits in the palm of his hand. He is the one that it's wrapped up by the Holy Spirit and secured by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And nobody can pluck it out of his hand. Oh, I'm persuaded. Just as Hezekiah was persuaded. Just as the Apostle Paul was persuaded. Just as every one of us in this room should be persuaded. Against all odds, you and I are here tonight. We could go around this room and we could ask, what was your background? What's the likelihood that you are going to become a Christian? Now, some of you were raised Christians and you came to Christ maybe as a child. Some of you were raised religious and religiously lost. Some of you were like me, raised with no religion, no understanding. But all of a sudden, God sent somebody our way. And against all odds, we came to Christ. Listen, that little boy sent off to be a Buddhist priest or you or your neighbor or the little kid who lives down the road from you. God can reach down and touch the heart of any child, any adult, anybody. We just have to be like Hezekiah. Put our full faith and trust. Cleave unto the Lord. Don't, don't get discouraged and fall by the wayside. But instead, hang on to your relationship with him. And be persuaded that he's able to keep that which you've committed unto him against that day. Let's close in a word of prayer tonight. And I'm so thankful that you came out to the Lord's house. Father in heaven, I pray that you would help us to be every bit as faithful as a Hezekiah. Help us to fight the good fight of faith, even as an Apostle Paul. Help us to listen to the sermons, the messages, the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we might understand fully how to walk with him and obey and keep his commandments. 
Lord, we thank you that you love us so much that you snatch us up out of all the circumstances of life and your Holy Spirit woos and beckons us to salvation. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you be with us as we go forth tonight. Help us to go into our community as a witness for you. In Christ's name I pray, amen.